But I think as a whole, the church is just comfortable with visitations. That's all we want. We just want visitations. We want God to visit us when we need something. We want God to visit us when I, I have a request. Oh, and we want God to visit on Sundays and Wednesdays. And God, trust me, God loves to visit. But I'm here to tell you today, he wants more than visitation. He wants habitation. He wants to be inhabited in your life. church is just comfortable with visitations. That's all we want. We just want visitations. We want God to visit us when we need something. We want God to visit us when I, I have a request. Oh, and we want God to visit on Sundays and Wednesdays. And God, trust me, God loves to visit. But I'm here to tell you today, he wants more than visitation. He wants habitation. He wants to be inhabited in your life. You know, I, Wednesday nights, you know, we're still here till 11 o'clock every night praying. And even if it, it dwindles out and it's just me, I'm still here till 11 o'clock praying. With me and faithful people on the broadcast there's people throughout the country who stick with me till the in any on the broadcast not just florida i'm talking all over the country praise god and one of the things that i pray sometimes through the mic sometimes not i pray for god to have this be a place of habitation not a place of visitation a place where his presence dwells and stays and lives. But I need to tell you that that is not just a place or a, a condition that applies to a church. That can be your life. God can inhabit your life. Amen. Let's start out with Psalm 27 verse 1. I really, really just want to get to verse 4, but. I'll read all of verse 1 through 4. Psalm 27, verse 1 through 4. And when you find it, in reverence of his holy word, we stand for the first opening of scripture. But to me, I want habitation. Because you know, when the habitation comes over your life, that's when you start really seeing blessings come. Because that's, unfortunately, that is why a lot of believers want to be with God is because of the blessings. But we should want to be with God because of who he is and what he did and, and how much he loves us. And he wants to be a part of your every moment of every day. 
but we limited them and keep them in a box. Psalm 27, verse 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. For whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, camp upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should camp against me, my heart should not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Read verse 4 with me and read it loud. One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. The word of the Lord, you may be seated. Now, notice verses 1 through 3 are talking about how God showed up to protect David. Enemies coming against him, they stumbled and fell. No matter what comes against him, it stumbles and falls and cannot come against David and win. But he reflects back to verse 4 as a reflection back of something that he requested of the Lord. He desires to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of his life. See, the house of the Lord, as we've been taught, is not just a physical building. Remember, the house of the Lord is in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Bible says that when you give your life to Christ, that the indwelling Christ, the Holy Ghost of God, comes and lives on the inside of you. So you have just become, but Hebrews talks about that you are, we are a temple of God. Our bodies are a temple of God. And that's why, and, and, and it's perfectly fine, but you get the health, the health and nutrition people who are very health and nutrition based, they will say that that's one reason, if they're born again, there's one reason why they watch what they eat because they're watching what they're putting into the temple. It's also watch what we put in the temple, but what we choose to watch on TV. To watch what we choose to put in the temple by what we listen to, what we say, what we do, how we treat people. See, all of those things affect the habitation. See, God will visit, but the habitation comes, and unfortunately, I need to tell you, we come at a price. But I'm choosing for the habitation and to pay the price. And I'm choosing to lead those who want to go with me to follow me. And for those who don't follow, we'll pray while we're in the habitation that you jump on board. But it's time. God is looking for places and people that he can habitate with. You know, I don't want habit visitation. I want habitation. And I want to lead you to a life that's living beyond the veil. We want, you want to live beyond the veil. You know, the veil that separates the holy place, the most inner place. First off, that veil was torn down when Jesus cried, it is finished. When the earthquake happened and the veil was rent, that's the veil they're talking about. Because of that veil being torn, we have access to the Holy Ghost and the Holy of Holies 24-7. But don't take it for granted. See, Back in the day of before the veil was rent, a priest would enter one time a year 
to sprinkle blood of the sacrificial lamb on the mercy seat. And they would tie a rope around his waist with bells to where they would hear him walking and moving around in the Holy of Holies. Why with a rope? Because if, see, because you got to forget one, you got to remember one thing. God is a holy God. See, and I think in the, I think in the church in America and, and, and born-again believers, we take for granted that he's a holy God, and we think, oh, my God, we think that just because we're saved, we can act and do what we want, and it's okay. That's why he's not habitating in your life. He's calling out today for us as believers to step up our game in our personal lives so he can habitate us at home. And my God, watch what happens when he habitates all of us at home and then we get together on Sunday. But that priest, if he had sin in his life, he would drop dead. And they would have to drag him out. They heard the bells ringing. Back then, if... You hear the music from Queen playing another one bites the dust and they be pulling them out. We can't, don't play with God. But he wants to habitate in your life. You're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to fall short. But when you're in that, when you're seeking after him, you recognize it quickly and you come to recognition that, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Lord, forgive me, please. Like David in Psalm 51, Lord, please don't take your presence from me. Because when you start getting in habitations with God, you don't want to do anything to jeopardize that. See, when you're habitating in God, you know that when you leave that day, no matter what's coming on your life, you're blessed. No matter what comes against you, because of the habitation that's going on in your life, can't no hell, can't no devil can't no demon have any authority against you now another side to that story don't get it twisted don't think they're still not going to try see that's another thing people they think oh because I'm saved the devil can't mess me he gonna mess with you till the day he die he he's in the fire or you die but there's a difference when you recognize you have the victory says, one thing I have decided is that I should dwell in the house of the Lord. See, we want to have the visitations like in Exodus 40, 30, 40, 34, and 35, where Moses couldn't even minister because the glory came in. And those moments are great. But you can have glory in your life the more you get sanctified and set aside to God. We also want to have those glory moments like in 1 Kings 18. Not 1 Kings 18, 1 Kings 8. Where the priests couldn't even enter, they couldn't even stand in the temple because the glory fell. And those are great moments when glory comes. And God, God's glory will come. But he wants to habitate your life. He wants to be married to your life. He doesn't want to just have a, you know, a lot of us, don't take this wrong, but don't take this and take it to however way you want, really. But he's tired of having some one-night stands with you guys. He's tired, he's tired of having one-night stands with the... And I'm not talking just to everybody here. I'm talking to you online. I'm talking to you who haven't watched us for some reason you're here today. Because God's telling you he's tired of the one-night stands. He wants to have a committed relationship with you. He wants to be married to you. And he wants devotion from you. And because he's always been devoted to you. You never know who's watching us. I go home and I'm blown away to see who's watching us. I can't wait for the day when we see, I see Australia. That's the only continent left. It's Australia. Praise God. But 
In Psalm 22, verse 3, it says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praise of Israel, the praises of Israel. See, God inhabits the praises of his people. And people always just refer that to praise and worship services. But that also applies to when your lifestyle is praising God. See, when your lifestyle is praising God and you have a habitation going on with God, people will recognize that you've been with Jesus. They'll just know. When you're praising him on your own, he'll inhabit your praise. So you don't have to just come to church to get your praise on. You can get your praise on in your house. You can get your praise on in your car. Better than bouncing. Bopping in your car, you know. Boom, 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 boom. You can praise them in your car. And there's some boom, 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 boom Christian music too. You really, if you really want to, you know, well, there's some, there's some Christian music for that too. But it's all about where's your heart? What's your desire? Do you just want God to be your sugar daddy? Or do you want God because he's your God and you want a relationship with him? And that you love him because he loves you. The Bible says we love Jesus because he first loved us. What he went through for us, he didn't have to do any of it. And he chose to. That word inhabitants means to settle or to marry. And it's the same principle as John 15 where he says, abide in me and I abide in you, talking about the vine. And he says, anybody that doesn't abide in me gets lopped off. He says, I am the true vine. And he says that anybody that doesn't abide in him, he gets, you get cut off of the vine. I don't want to be cut off. I don't want to be cut off just waiting for visitations. I want to live beyond the veil. I want to have his presence with me wherever I go. Whatever I do. And it's possible. Holy Spirit's a gentleman. But you invite him, he shows up. When you invite him into your situation and your circumstances, he shows up. And whatever it is you're doing, he shows up. And you'll be like, like I said last week, you'll be like, but pastor, if I'm just doing this, why would the Holy Ghost show up? Because he cares about you. And you're asking him for your, his help. He's not going to be like, well, you know. That's, um, that's not my area. You know, like some, I had these guys, you know, they came to take a look at our truck. And when they opened up the hood, the first thing they said, first off, they knew it before they came, but when they opened up the, when we opened up the thing, they were like, well, you know, we only really work on big trucks. We work on, you know, 18-wheelers and, and earth movers and stuff like that. He says, so this really isn't our thing. So we can try to help you. It'll probably take us a lot longer than someone else who really works on these little tiny motors. So they kind of gave me some information and went their way. Holy Ghost is never going to tell you, oh, I'm sorry, but I only work on big rigs. I only work on these. No, you're going to say, what? Oh, oh you, want, you want help with that? You want help with balancing your checkbook? Okay. Let me give you that. You want, oh, you want help in raising your kids? Oh, okay. Oh, you want help in fixing your vehicle? Okay. He wants you to include him in the every areas of your life. Even what you think are the insignificant and unimportant areas of your life, he wants to be involved. And Jesus wants to be the Lord of those areas of your life. And I'm telling you, when you submit those areas to your life, you will find that those areas are the least of your worries. It's those areas that you don't turn over to him that are going to become your struggles. 
You're battling with something. Turn it over to Jesus and let him become the Lord of that thing, and you won't battle with it. The veil was rent, Matthew 15, 38. You can find that. It's, it talks about the veil being rent from top to bottom. In Galatians 3.1.5, and this is where we want to we we look at this quickly. It says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes has Jesus Christ have been evidently set forth, crucified among you? This only would I learn of you received you the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, having be, are you now made perfect by the flesh? See, a lot of us think it's how I praise, how I worship, how I pray is what brings the spirit. Listen, you could be the best singer in the world, and you can sing the best worship music than anybody's ever sang, but if you're not singing out of a heart of worship, you're not going to be anointed as much as the person who has no talent and gets up and just sings from the bottom of their heart for the Lord because they are so grateful from the pit for the pit that the God has brought them from. And then God may just anoint their voice to sound better than you. Amen. See, it's about where we're at. But see, unfortunately, I believe that devil has bewitched. And that word bewitched means to fascinate by false representations. See, the devil has a lot of us in false, uh, false beliefs of how things are supposed to work. Oh, I just go to church on every once a month. I'm good. That's not a relationship. That's a one-night stand. That's a trip to Ebor. Once a month. God's looking for you every Sunday. Looking for you every Monday, not here at home. Wants to be a part of your everyday life. Before you go to work, take the Lord to work with you. Because first off, you know you're dealing with people, you're going to need help from the Holy Ghost dealing with people. I don't care what job you do and where you are, you're going to run into some folk that need Jesus. And if you don't got, if you haven't included Jesus in your day, you might not have Jesus with you either. So you need to have the Holy Ghost. Every day you wake up, they come out. And, and from his reports and the accountings and the things, this man has spent some time in the presence of God. He calls them foolish Galatians, meaning unwise. See, the, Satan has bewitched the church with complacency. Oh, I'm comfortable where I'm at. I don't need to do anymore. Laziness. Lack of urgency. Then sometimes they have, we have faith more in man than we do in God. Don't ever put your faith more in a human than you put in your God. Amen. If you're putting faith in somebody else and another human, man, make sure you put that faith in the hands of God. Because nine out of ten times or a bunch of handful of times, the man or the person is going to let you down. And then God's going to be wanting to pick you up. Sometimes he's bewitched us with pride and self-righteousness. Listen. You got to maintain humility all through your walk with God. And you've never, good, you're never, none of any of us are ever going to arrive. We're not going to arrive. It's always a constant journey. The only time you're going to arrive is when we make it to heaven. And then you arrive at your final, eternal destination. And even then, you know, I heard Benny Hinn say one time that he believed why the angels were gathered around the throne crying, holy, 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 is because every time they got done with one holy, God gave another revelation of who he really was, and they had to say holy again. 
holy, holy, holy. You're so holy. You're so awesome. See, I don't even believe once we get to heaven that it's over. We're going to be constantly realizing how awesome our real God, our God really is. Amen? But we can start experiencing him on a deeper level if we just want to live behind the veil. Now, for some of you, you're happy when you're fine where you live and you, with your life. That's fine. We still going to be going where we're going. We still love you. We're here for you. Praise God. Amen. But I'm telling you, there's more to what we can have in our relationship with God than any of us have right now, including me. Sometimes he gets us with self-centeredness. And here's one. Attachment to the world and its views. See, a lot of us look at things through the world's view and then want to even try to claim it as God's view. Now be careful with that. You know, sometimes we'll pray. You're praying and you believe in God for something, you know, and we pray for somebody and then we say, oh, we believe you're healed. And they'll be like, oh, well, we'll see. Or, well, it may be. No, if, if, first of all, if you got that attitude of maybe, then that's, you need to have 100% sold out faith that it's going to happen. And trust God for it. And get into a habitation where it becomes real on the inside of you, that you know that he's got that healing power. We've got to start really digging deep into God. A lot of us are sleeping. We're still in church, but we're sleeping. He has us thinking we're having to. One thing, one thing he said in this book, he said, when God shows up to your church on Sunday, is it the same thing every Sunday? Or you got a program and an order of stuff, and, and, and it's good to have order, but are we welcoming the Holy Spirit to come and do as he wants when he wants? And I believe that there's always room. Matter of fact, it's mandatory for the presence of God to be in every one of our services. It's mandatory for the presence of God to be in every one of our households. It's mandatory for the presence of God to be with us when we travel in our cars. It's mandatory for the presence of God to be with us at Walmart and at our jobs and wherever we are. It's mandatory for the presence of God. But we need to make room for him. It's time that we wake up. It's time that we start living beyond the veil because we are not fulfilling our purpose. See, when you're living behind the veil and you're in a habitation with God, people will recognize the presence of God on your life. And stuff will just, conversations will just open up for you to be able to share Christ with them. We are to be walking in dominion and we are to be exercising God's authority on the earth. And it doesn't come easy and it doesn't come free. And I got I to gotta close because we started so late. But in 2 Chronicles 34, Joshua I mean, Josiah, eight years old, became king. At the age 16, he sought, sought God for four years, and he purged Judah of all the idols. See, the good news is, in this time we're living, God is raising up a remnant. You know what a remnant is? It's a part, like, if you go to a carpet's place, and they sell you a remnant, the remnant is what's left over after they cut off a big roll. That's the remaining peace, remnant, remaining peace. God is raising up a remnant of those 
who will live beyond the veil. Josiah purged out all the idols in the land. Over this next week, I pray that you inquire of the Lord and say, Lord, I want this visitation that pastor, I mean, a habitation that pastor's talking about. And is there anything in my life that's preventing you from living with me? And when he reveals it to you, ask the Holy Ghost to help you get rid of it. Josiah purged all the land. He purged all the priests that were sacrificing the false gods. He killed them, crushed their bones, and burnt them on the altars that they were sacrificing to their gods. God is going to call you to put your idols on the altar and never walk back to them again. God is going to call you. You're going to be surprised by some of the things. If you really inquire of the Lord, he will put some things in your spirit that you think are harmless and unhurtful, and he's going to say you need to put that down if you want me in your life see he'll always visit but he wants to remain and live that word for abide the same word in, when you get into a dwelling God wants to dwell he wants to be married to you he wants to have an important part in every area of your life in every day of your life Noah and his family, they were a remnant. Lot, Jacob's family in Egypt, they were a remnant. Gideon and the 300 was a remnant. A remnant. Elijah and the 7,000 followers of the Lord, they were a remnant. Amos, Hosea, Micah, and Isaiah, Isaiah, they all talk about remnants. And I have to close. Oh, I hate closing. Even Jesus. You know, Jesus didn't just have 12 followers, but he chose 12 disciples, remnants that represented the 12 tribes of Israel. There's 12 foundational stones in the holy city of heaven. See, God wants you to be one of his remnants that will say today, Lord, I want to live behind the veil. Lord, I'm tired of just visitations from you. I want you living, dwelling in my life. Lord, I want to walk into my house and open the door and know that you are there. This man, Bill Vincent, would say that he would go home and he would spend all these times, uh, hour. It took the first off, don't expect it right away if you haven't done it. But he would worship God and worship God, worship God, and then the presence would come. And then he said, then the time would start to lessen, where then it would be instead of two hours, you're like, two hours talking to God, Pastor? Yes, two hours talking to God. And then it would go to one hour. And then he said, one day, you know, he was so excited because he, like, he was in love with his God, and he would run home, and he couldn't wait to get into his room and start talking to God. And he said, this one day, he opened the door, and God's presence was already there. That can happen to you, too. You can go to get in your car and, It'd be nice if he'd start it for you, but get in the car and Holy Ghost be like, yeah, I'm here. Let's go. Ready. Because you're always spending so much time praising him in the car. He already there when you get in. But you should also be, we should also be so inhabited by God that when we travel, he's with us wherever we go and whatever we do. So I urge you today, when you go home or even right now, reflect over your life and inquire of the Lord. Lord, what do I knew, do? What do I need to do to have you inhabit my life? Trust me, if you got kids, you want the inhabitation of God 
in your household. See, because you want the presence of God in your household so that your kids get it all over them because you know your kids are going to be kids and they're going to hang out with other kids. But if you got the habitation on God in your house, the habitation of God gets all over them and will provide them protection that they don't even know they have. That you can't even pray because of the habitation. So inquire when he tells you, make the move. Like in Victory Over Darkness, we've just, we're almost done with that book. And we talked about forgiveness. And people would make a list of those we need to, they need to forgive. And do, do the work. Because forgiveness is keeping you bound. Unforgiveness is keeping you bound. Amen? So let's decide today to live beyond the veil. No more visitations. We want habitation. Amen? Yes. Say this with me. Say, Lord... I don't want visitation. I want habitation. Right here, at home, and wherever I go, I invite you to habitate, to be a part of my everyday life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a hand up of praise.